This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, September 21st, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. As the landscape of global security changes, it makes sense for the U.S. to rethink its security commitments, both formal and informal. President Joe Biden this week appears to be moving toward a more formal security guarantee for Saudi Arabia, patterned after those in place with South Korea and Japan. It's not clear, however, how U.S. security would be enhanced. John Hoffman is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. We spoke about the deal earlier today. How would you characterize the relationships that the United States has had when it comes to uh, security guarantees, assistance, relative friendliness, bonhomie, with uh, Saudi Arabia and Israel? So the United States, when it comes to Saudi Arabia and Israel, maintains no formal security agreement. There is nothing in writing on paper that actually says the United States is betrothed to these nations to defend them. But that's what exactly what Biden is actually pushing for right now is a formalized mutual security agreement akin to what the United States has with Japan and South Korea, but for Saudi Arabia. And this would require the United States to come to the defense of uh of Riyadh in in case of external attack or, you know, also uh, internal upheaval, you know, what have you. And with respect to Israel? And with respect to Israel, uh, the same thing, you know, Israel receives $3.8 billion a year in uh, uh, U.S. military aid, but there is no actual formalized security guarantee, although there have been calls now by people within Israel for if Saudi Arabia gets such a formal guarantee, Israel has said, well, hey, we're going to want one too. So, you know, it's kind of a, a double package here. And then once one domino falls, you know, then I'm sure the Emirates will request one and the Qataris will request one and the Egyptians. So it's, you know, really, <laughs> if, if one goes, they all go. One might think that it makes more sense, you know, even if you are broadly supportive of the United States engaging in these, uh, let's let's just call them uh, entangling alliances, um, even if you're broadly supportive of that thing, wouldn't it make more sense for the U.S. to have that kind of relationship with countries like, oh, I don't know, Canada and Mexico? Oh, absolutely. It, it, would, it would make far more sense to seal these types of agreements with countries that share our own strategic interests, that share our values. You know, uh, at the very end of the list should be Saudi Arabia. But this is where we find ourselves. And this is what has become an absolute priority for the Biden administration. And it seems, um, you know, to be widely perceived on both sides of the aisle as 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 a good thing. Now, uh, this is confusing, and I'm not the most adept when it comes to foreign policy issues. It's confusing to me that the United States uh, would have anything less than a very chilly relationship with Saudi Arabia given the history of the last 25 years. Oh, yes, absolutely. From everything from, you know, 9-11 to the butchering of Jamal Khashoggi to the 
uh, war in Yemen to the, you know, proxy conflict with Iran, you know, the United States should be stepping back and getting as far away from possible from this cluster as they possibly <laughs> as they possibly can. But Saudi Arabia does a really good job of presenting itself paradoxically to the United States as a source of regional stability, saying, you know, hey, you need us to maintain some sort of order in this quote unquote backwards and you know chaotic region and what comes with that obviously is a lot of money pumped into washington uh pumped into think tanks pumped into lobbying firms pumped into politicians you know to kind of present this image of saudi arabia so uh there's a lot of money behind it and there's a lot of uh history behind this idea that autocrats whether it be you know, uh, Mohammed bin Salman in Saudi Arabia or Abdel Fattah al-Sisi in Egypt, you know, this false idea that these are the only players that can secure U.S. interests. If autocrats were to fall in the region, it would just be chaos. So what is specifically what is Joe Biden pushing here? Because, it, you know, given the, the fact that that the relationship, again, this is my relatively dumb guy estimation with uh, Saudi Arabia ought to be uh, Chile, um, our relationship with Israel has always been, it seemed very, the United States relationship with Israel has always seemed very warm. Uh, we give them a lot of money, but it's also not clear to me what the U what U S interests are, uh, secured or enhanced by that kind of, uh, assistance. Oh, absolutely. So what Biden is ultimately pushing for here is some sort of grand bargain whereby, Saudi Arabia agrees to normalize relations with Israel, and in return, Saudi Arabia will get a mutual security agreement from the United States saying that the United States will come to the protection of the monarchy if they are ever externally or internally challenged. Uh, but no, you, you, I think you're exactly right. You know, There needs to be this broader reassessment of what the hell are we getting out of this for ourselves You know, from not just this kind of deal, but what are we already getting from all of these overtures to countries like Saudi Arabia, all the money that we pump into Israel? You know, what are we actually reaping in in return for any of this? And I think, you know, current levels of cooperation and assistance are challengeable, you know, on strategic grounds because we're not getting anything. And the idea that Biden wants to go even further and wants to formally legally commit to this uh, failed policy approach, you know, is just really disastrous. Let me characterize what you've just said, uh, and you tell me if I've got it completely wrong. Uh, the United States gives, continues to give money, and you know, in in the case of Saudi Arabia, we provide uh, logistical support for their weapons. Uh, which they promptly, it, it as far as I can tell, use in their war in Yemen. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I think we provide more uh, technical assistance to uh, Israel as well. Um, it seems as if we're helping arm to some extent both of those countries, and now we're. It, it appears the United States is going to fund something of a truce between those countries and in exchange the united states will obligate itself to help guarantee the security of saudi arabia 
Precisely. And, and, you know, returning to the point that you mentioned about the truce between these two countries, you know, Saudi Arabia, and, and this is to me, the most mind-boggling part, Saudi Arabia and Israel are not strategically opposed right now. They're, they've been cooperating behind the scenes extensively over the past decade. They're, they they require no incentive to normalize relations because they share the same strategic interests in the region. They want to preserve kind of the, the overall autocratic uh, status quo in the region, and they both have uh, a vested interest in maintaining the prevailing regional balance of power, particularly isolating Iran. So the idea that they need an incentive to come together when they're already working together is is mind boggling. The U.S. already has these sort of entanglements uh, built into its various treaty obligations. Uh, there's NATO. Uh, there are various other countries that we have these guarantees with. Why is the impulse toward expanding the obligations of the United States to other countries? It would seem to me that if you're looking at it from like a basic incentive structure, uh, having your the U.S. as a big brother might lead you to be somewhat more reckless than you otherwise would be. <laughs> no, absolutely. And, you know, I think what this is ultimately stemming from is this new thought process in Washington that we've returned to this Cold War 2.0 with China and to a lesser degree, Russia. So, it, you know, Biden, since coming into office, has, you know, really hyped up the idea of alliances and and working with partners abroad, uh, you know, ag against this rising tide of, of, you know, illiberal actors like Russia and China. But he's turning to the exact opposite of who we should be turning to. He's turning to countries like Saudi Arabia in the effort to, you know, counter ch Chinese influence in the Middle East when not only do countries like China face inherent limitations in the region, but Saudi Arabia, this is the new, this is the the alliance of the free that you want to uh, put together here to to counter Russia and China, you know, the United States and Saudi Arabia. It's, it's, it's kind of, you know, paradoxical in and of itself. John Hoffman is author of the new Cato paper, Pariah or Partner, available today. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.